Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Y'all, so yesterday we had a nice gym session with commercial real estate. We had wholesaling and we taught y'all how to buy the block with crowdfunding. Today we're going to speak to you guys for the first time home buyers, first time investors, maybe you're a second time investor. So that's gonna be the conversation today. So without further ado, let me introduce my guest to you. Can y'all put that on the screen? Who I'm supposed to introduce first? All right, so coming to the stage first. Now, DJ Envy could not make it tonight. He had a family emergency. So family is always first. So um, make sure y'all send him some well wishes for him and his family. But as they say, when life make you lemon, give you lemons, you gotta make lemonade, baby. <laughs> and if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I had to tap my homegirl, Miss Rashana Scott, and say, yo, you ready? She said, let's pull up. So Rashana Scott, come on out. Let's go. Alright, next up to the stage. This is my brother right here. My man, Mr. Multifamily himself, Julian. Gordon, come to the stage, brother. I got keys, keys, I got keys, keys, keys. I got keys, keys, keys. I got keys, keys, keys. We got the cars, I'm bleeding fuel. I know the jazz, I'ma shoot them some chills. I got the keys, keys, keys. I got the keys, keys, keys. So he's asking me the key. Till you own your own, you can't be. Until you own your own, you can't be free. Woo. And last but not least, huh? I'm bringing out the queen of the south, Miss Kiana Watson. Let me, let me move out her way real quick. Let me move out her way. Hold on. Let's go. Shit. Yeah. Let's go, Kiana. <laughs> oh, you got that music playing too. Yes, Black Excellence. Shout out to everybody who's here. Shout out to our panelists today. Give them a round of applause, people. Okay, I like that, I like that. All right, so we're gonna set this off right now. 
We're going to start with Kiana. Introduce yourself for the people who may not know who you are. Hi, you guys. My name is Kiana Watson. I am a broker here in the metro Atlanta area. I own my own real estate firm, Watson Realty Co. I have an online training platform, Agent Tools for Success. And of course, my God, we have our Rants and Gems podcast. So Shout out. <laughs> I am a top producing, multi-million dollar producing. Don't let that go over your head, y'all. Multi-million dollar producer. Okay. And um, yeah, we specialize in working with first-time buyers, second-time buyers, seasoned people. And just a little about myself. You guys know I'm married. I am a female entrepreneur and I'm here to represent for the women that understand that you know what no matter what happens if you're married if you're not no matter what you are an individual person and your dreams your goals whatever you want to achieve in this world you can and that's what I stand for that's what I'm all about I go after everything I want and I achieve it and that's that Woo. and I might I might say I gotta say this you're looking spectacular today I, you know? you know, I, I brought out the, the, the all white for you, Matt. You know what I mean? It's looking heavenly right now, my sister. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we missing some wine up here, but you know. <laughs> it's, it's the heavy talk for me. You know, I had to make sure I came correct, you know. Nah, you definitely came crap. correct. So let's talk to the first-time homebuyers, right? What are the first steps that a first-time homebuyer should be doing to get them prepared for homeownership? As a first-time homebuyer, you definitely want to know three things. First is going to be your credit. Your credit is so important. You'll hear these programs saying that maybe you can buy a home with a 580 credit score. That's true. But if you already have a 580 and they pull your credit and now you're down three or four points, now you're no longer qualified. So think about those things. You never want to do the minimum, but you need to know your credit score and you want to have a good score. That's the first thing you need to focus on as a, as a first-time home buyer. Secondly is everybody's always trying to figure out how much can they afford. You gotta know your debt-to-income ratios. Your debt-to-income ratios is, is, is what is going to help determine the amount of home that you can qualify for. So that is going to be your recurring debts. Recurring debts that show up on your credit report every month. So let's just say you have a $7,000 um, balance on your credit card, but you pay $100 a month. That $100 plus whatever else is report, reporting on your credit report, that is your debt. And then your income is your gross income. The gross income that you bring in before taxes. You divide that, that is how you calculate your debt to income ratio. And you wanna make sure before you put a mortgage in there, you wanna be as close to 25 to 30% because by the time you add in the mortgage, that's going to bring you up. So know your debt-to-income ratios. And the last thing is, y'all got to have some money. Huh. I'm sorry. Can you say that a little louder for the people in the back who might not I'm heard that? I'm sorry. I know y'all want to hear about first-time homebuyer programs, and y'all hear about all these things that may be available to you to really reduce your out-of-pocket expenses. And there are programs that are available. There's 100% financing here in the metro Atlanta area. There's also a program called the Georgia Dream here in the metro Atlanta area. But keep in mind, these programs also give you a higher interest rate because the government, these, you'll never get something for nothing. So your interest rate will be higher. Your debt to income ratios must be lower. So you have to keep in mind that everybody doesn't qualify. I have so many people think, I just woke up, I'm buying the first house, I'm gonna get free money. No, what is, you have to have a minimum credit score. Your income can't be above a certain amount. Even with the Georgia Dream, if you have more than $20,000 in your bank account, they will not approve you. This is the small print that most people don't see. So I think that I want to tell you, those are the three things you need to know. And then debunk the myth that just because you woke up and decided to buy a house, somebody's going to give you some money because it's just not true. You have to qualify for those funds and be prepared for what impact that can have on you. So I really want you guys to know that, of course, I'm all about saving money, but I'm also about being realistic. Because you get a 2.75% interest rate, that's a great interest rate, right, if you just do a traditional loan. Do down payment assistance, now you got a 4% interest rate for $5,000. Sometimes it just may not make sense, so it depends on who you are and where you are. So really consider those things and reach out to a professional. We got you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So you spoke about credit, right? And I want to give you guys all a, a tip 
that my brother um, Jose, the credit dude, he actually has a, a vendor booth in the marketplace. So make sure you go talk to Jose, the credit dude, because this has really helped me improve my credit score is that I stopped paying my credit card bills on a due date. I started paying them on a statement date, right? So all your credit cards, if you pay them on a statement date, that's when the, the creditors are gonna report it to the credit bureaus. So if you pay it off on a statement date, it's gonna be reported as a zero. If you wait to the due date, whatever that balance is, and then that's going to keep your scores lower. So guys, stop paying your credit card bills on the due dates, flip that mentality, put it onto the statement dates. Put a reminder on your phone, it's real simple, right? Look at all your credit cards, see when their statement dates are due, and then that's when you should be paying all your credit cards and try to pay them 10% or low. You know, some people say 30%, but me personally, I always find when I'm 10% or low or I pay it to zero, to zero, that's when my credit scores are impacted the most and it goes up. So that's a gym for you guys. Um, and I'm not a credit specialist, so go see Jose, the credit guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so now, speaking of, now we got their credit right. They get their pre-approval. They got some money. Okay. All right? Now, we know this is a challenging market. Okay? It's still a seller's market, correct? Correct. Okay. We got a lot of FHA offers that's going out there. Now, you've been opposed to these FHA loans, Kiana. Okay. With, with these 3.5% down payments, Kiana. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. Matt set me up that day about that FHA down payment. So let me just start there, because I know y'all y'all saw that video, but let me start with this. FHA is not that it's a terrible loan, it's actually a wonderful loan for the home buyer. But I'm the type of person, let's look at it from a different standpoint. From, for the home buyer, it's great, but you're competing against multiple offers. In the metro Atlanta area, each house typically on average has seven different offers, right? So you have what is called the amendatory clause that is attached to FHA and VA financing. Amendatory clause. And that amendatory clause says, no matter what, if the home does not appraise at value, you can terminate the contract without penalty. The problem with that is conventional financing has an appraisal contingency. They have a timeline. So with as an FHA buyer, you could literally get your appraisal back two days before closing. It could be $5,000 short. You can terminate, get your earnest money back, and walk away. That is not in the best interest of the seller. So let's talk about how we can make your offers more attractive. So give us three steps to make, for all our FHA buyers out here, how do we make our offers more attractive if you use an FHA loan? Using an FHA loan, you want to work with a lender that has really fast turnarounds. I actually work with lenders that can close an FHA loan in 21 days and can guarantee an appraisal back in 10 days. You want to have a quick turnaround on your, on your appraisal time, right? That's number one. Number two, you also want to make sure that you put a special stipulation maybe on the contract. Sometimes it's okay. Houses are being sold. 88% of houses on the market, this is from the National Association of Realtors, are being sold slightly above asking price you may want to have some money to pay the difference. I know y'all don't want to hear that, but these are the numbers and these are the facts. So have a special stipulation to pay a little bit extra. That's number two. And then the third thing that you want to have as an FHA buyer, you have to be presented and packaged well. So your lender makes a difference. Please don't just go to Rocket Mortgage or someplace like that. You need a lender that is going to communicate how strong you are, they're able to tell, like they're able to have a profile on you to talk about the longevity you've been at your job, how much money you have saved. And the best thing that a lender can say is they're choosing FHA. However, they could go conventional. So if we can, if we can do those things, we can get your FHA offer approved. And this, I'm going to give you guys a bonus. Man. Bonus. I like I'm gonna this. Give all a, I'm going to give you a gym. Bonus gyms. Let's I'm gonna go. I'm going to give you a gym. Oh, Lord. One thing I do sometimes. If I know that you're approved for conventional in FHA, I will. If we know we're gonna to switch to FHA, that's fine. But maybe we started off as a conventional buyer and maybe we won the offer as a conventional buyer. And once we are under contract, we're gonna do a little switch and we're gonna put 3.5% down and we're gonna close. Jim. So I'm just saying. That's a gym, y'all. You don't have to get permission to change your financing type once you're under contract. 
that's a gym. That's a gym, and I use it all the time, and it works. So keep I hope y'all took notes. So let me ask you another quick question, right? You're out there. You work with a lot of lenders. Multi-million-dollar broker owner, okay, of of your company. How do you hire the right lender, right? How are you vet them? How are you interviewing? Like, what are steps? Because a lot of people out here, you know, they can't work with me. They can't work with your lenders. They may not be licensed in those cities and states. So what are three steps to interview to find the right lender that's for them? Finding the right lender. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In for, for, the, for, to, for the buyer, for okay. them to interview... So if you are looking for the right lender, again, I personally think you need someone that's local to your state or someone that understands the laws of your state and they can move quickly. Know that there's contingencies on a the contract. There are three contingencies that make a big difference. Your closing date is number one. A lot of people like to go to big banks. If they, gotta, if they need 45 days to close, I can guarantee you, you already lost the offer before it was written. You need someone that can close in 30 days or less. Ask those questions. And then when it comes time for your financing contingency timelines, how fast can they turn around? And you guys want to know what a financing contingency is. When you get your pre-approval, that is just a pre-approval. Once you have a binding contract, your contract then goes back to the lender. Now they are going to have to put you back through underwriting and give you a, a letter of commitment, committing themselves to the loan. The faster they can turn that around, and typically we're, we're looking for 21 days or less, 14 days is great, you need to know that. And then the third thing you need to know from your lender is their appraisal turnaround time. Some of these companies have appraisals that need 30 or 45 days, and it's just not attractive. It really isn't, and when you're interviewing for them, you need to ask those three questions, because those three contingencies outside of the purchase price are what sellers are looking at when it's time to see who's gonna win an offer. If it's a vacant property, basically the seller doesn't live there, fast closing, fast financing contingency, get the appraisal back in enough time. Those are the three things that you need outside of money that could move a seller. I got a lender that can close a deal in 14 days and we've closed. So I'm just, and it works. You may not have to be the highest offer if you can, if you're the fastest offer. Keep those things in mind. Gems, gems. Gems. Let's move along in this conversation. Mr. Julian Gordon, introduce yourself to the people for those who don't know who you are. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. Stand up, brother. I'm Can y'all turn up Julian's up. mic, please? I'm going to change it up a little bit. You know, we've been talking about changing the conversation, so we all have different learning styles. Ooh. So I'm going to change the conversation style right now. I'm going to open up a little poem for y'all. It's going to set the stage for the conversation. Woof. Why don't we hack houses like frat houses where everyone living good for just a few thousand? Some will say it's lousy while they slaving proudly, spending one third of their revenue to pay for housing. Living on your own, but you don't own shit. Can't even get a loan, student debt is a bitch. Thinking a high wage is the way to get rich, not if your cost of living rise directly with it. Trying to keep up with the Joneses deep in debt to you croak. I'm gonna live just like the Jeffersons, pretend that I'm broke. Then I'll buy a multifamily, let the rents pay the note. Perhaps you could be my tenant, yo, that would be dope. I keep my cost of living low along with my blood pressure because if you always stress and it's hard to enjoy pleasure, the man with the most is not the one who wins the race, it's the man with his soul who could look at his own face. 40 acres and a mule is what they taught us in school. I'd rather have 40 apartments and a big money pool. Leverage credit to capital and capital to cash flow. 
Cash is not king because the interest too low. Woo! Woo! Some Where's the wand, Kiana? Where's the wand? I, I heard of him. I, need, I feel like I need to be a background dancer or something. Do a little harm. Some call me a do-gooder. I got good deeds in my name. As a lord of my land, I'll never be a slave. You can invest in what's hot, lose your shirt and your socks, but the demand for housing will never, ever stop. Assets, assets, assets. Passive, passive, passive. These are the two keys to amass wealth quick. But quick is really relative. It's a long-term game. Who you hustling for, your first or your last name? Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all gotta stand up for my man Julian Gordon, who came out here. That was an intro of InvestFest. Woo! family moved. Gems. He said he was coming outside. That was beautiful, Julian. Goodness gracious. My name is Julian Gordon. I am Mr. Multifamily. I'm leader of the Multifamily Movement. I'm the Harriet Tubman of the Above Ground Railroad, and I've helped hundreds of students close on $50 million worth of real estate in the past two years. That's what it is. <laughs> Yo! Invest us! <laughs> Yo, I don't even know how to follow that one up, Julian. <laughs> that was fire, bro. All right, let's get down to it. Mr. Multifamily himself. First of all, how many doors do you own? Me personally, I own 40 doors personally. Okay, so he got 40 doors, so you know he's talking from experience here, guys. So, what is the best way for someone to get into multifamily real estate? Yeah, so the first step is actually realizing that a single family home is not the way to go for your first property. It's actually easier to buy a multifamily home than it is to buy a single family home. I'm gonna repeat that. It is easier to buy a multifamily home than it is to buy a single family home. So typically, if you have like $40,000 in income for W-2 income, you can get financed for about six times that amount. That's just the back of the envelope number, credit and other things apply. So if you have $40,000 of personal income, that's about 240,000 that you could qualify for for a single family home. What people don't know is that when you're getting financed for a multifamily home, the lender will give you credit for 75% of the rental income that you're going to get once you close and add that to your W-2 income. So I have a fourplex in New Orleans. It rents at $1,000 per unit. That's $4,000 per unit, which is $48,000 for the year. 75% of that is $36,000. So the lender will now add that $36,000 that I'm going to get to my $40,000 of W-2 income. Now they're qualifying me based on $76,000 of income. So, gems. Jim. I need to hear y'all say gems. <laughs> yes. So now instead of getting financed for $240,000 for a single family home, I can now get financed for $456,000, almost twice as much real estate because I bought a multifamily first instead of a single family, right? So that's, that's the first key is really breaking down that mindset of which property you should get first. A lot of people search for their dream home first, but you have to understand the difference between a single family HGTV buyer and a multifamily real estate investor. Single family HGTV buyers, excuse me, are looking for their dream home. Multifamily real estate investors are looking for an asset that will pay for their dream home. Single family HGTV buyers are looking for granite countertops. Multi-family real estate investors are looking for guaranteed cash flow. Single-family HGTV buyers are looking for a finished basement. Multi-family real estate investors are looking to start building wealth. You have to decide which side of the line that you want to be on. Your first property does not need to be your dream home. My first property in Brooklyn, New York, a three-family that I bought in May of 2013, it was not my dream home, and I was fully aware of it. But if I went into there with HGTV eyes, I would have walked out the door. HGTV teaches you to focus on the wrong things. You're focused on granite countertops. Literally, it only costs $1,500 to put in a granite countertop with an undermount sink. Why would you buy a $400,000 property based on a $1,500 countertop? It costs $1,500 to get a French door stainless steel refrigerator. Why would you buy a $400,000 property based on a detachable appliance that you could go to Lowe's and Home Depot and get this weekend? It makes no sense whatsoever. Woo! Woo! 
So the lens through which you look at a multifamily real estate investment and a single family home, these are two different sets of lenses and HGTV has been lying to you. So when I tell my students when they are in my program, they cannot watch HGTV. They can only watch JGTV because HGTV will literally tell you to do the opposite of what I'm teaching you to do. Mm. Wow. Woo! <laughs> Yo. <laughs> so, with all that being said, what are the benefits of buying, besides everything you just mentioned, the cash flow and everything else, let's get a little bit deeper, pause. What are the, what are the benefits of multifamily real estate? First and foremost, there are no other ways that I've found that you can live for free forever. Does anybody know of any way that you could live for free forever except for living outside in tent? Does anybody have any strategies to live for free forever? There's only one way to live for free forever, and that is multifamily real estate. That is the biggest thing. Every, real quick, all my renters stand up. All my renters stand up. All the renters stand up. All, all the, the renters. renters if you're renting up. right now, stand up. Y'all ain't got to lie to kick it. <laughs> Y'all ain't got the high. We family here, baby. So out of 4,000 people, about half y'all are renting, right? That's 2,000 people at $1,000 a month. That's $24 million every single year going away to housing. And you think we're gonna close the wealth gap when we just literally giving $24 million a year to other people? It's gonna be impossible. So for all my renters, real quick, I need you to say one thing for me real quick. I am homeless. Damn. Damn, bro. They homeless? <laughs> All my renters, I am homeless. And I refuse to renew my, say I refuse to renew my lease. Because I will own a multifamily home by the end of 2022. Y'all better speak that. Y'all better speak that. Y'all better manifest that. Speak that. Repeat that again, bro. Listen. Listen, if you are renting right now, you are technically homeless. You do not have a home. You may walk around and call it my apartment. You may call it my house. That's a subconscious lie. You are not, you do not own anything. It is not yours. That's Sally's house. That's Matt's house that you've been paying rent at for the past 5, 10, 15 years. So you need to be honest about the situation that you're in. I know you want to give the homeless man at the corner money when you pass by. But how are you gonna give somebody who's homeless money when you homeless too? When it's time for you to give, you give from your passive income, from your abundance and from your overflow. You are not in a position to give right now. Until you've closed on a home with one of these two amazing agents here, you are not ready to give money to anybody else. You have to get your financial house in order first. Gems. Today is Sunday, y'all do know that, right? This is service. The second thing, the second thing, every, Multi-family home that I have in my portfolio is a million dollar home. But if you look at it, it will never be featured on HGTV. I'm gonna break it down. I have a duplex in New Orleans. Shout out to New Orleans and we know her. Shout out to New Orleans in the building. Prayers to everybody there with Hurricane Ida approaching. I got insurance, don't trip, I'm good. $300,000 duplex, right? Looks like it's only $300,000 on the surface. That one duplex is gonna pay me $638,000 over the next 30 years. That's just in positive cash flow after principal, interest, taxes, insurance, capex, repairs, urban vacancy rate. So that's money in my pocket. On top of that, I'm gonna get $278,000 worth of tax savings from that property over the next 30 years, meaning I'm not paying Uncle Sam over a quarter million dollars because of one property, okay? And then that principal will be paid down by the tenants through their rents of $225,000. And if that property appreciates by 1% every single year, and that's conservative, that's another $104,000. That one single property will lead to a $1.2 million shift in generational wealth from my last name. It does not look like a million dollar home. It will never be featured on HGTV. But because your eyes have not been trained to see real estate as an investment, you've been taught to look at real estate for the aesthetics of it and for the beauty of it. You have to look at real estate as an asset and for the business that it actually is. Woo! Man, damn, bro. You came out here certified gym dropper status, huh? 
You ain't come to play with these people. You know your assignment? You know your assignment today, huh? You ain't playing around. All right, let, I'm, I got to come back to you in a second. I got I to gotta get the other queen involved in this conversation because we talking multifamilies, and my girl Rashana Scott is a multifamily queen. So, Rashana, I, I need you to introduce yourself for the people who don't know who the hell you are. All right, hey, InvestFest. Not be hey, rude. She said, "Hey." <laughs> All right. Hey, y'all. So uh, I'm Rashana Scott, born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, Shot town in the house. So I am um, an Illinois licensed real estate broker. I am a real estate investor. Um, my investing experience ranges from tax lien investing, wholesaling, and um, fix and flips. I also run an online women's community called um, Infinity under Philippine and Heels. And we speak, oh, what's up Infinity members in the back? <laughs> um, and we speak all things real estate investing. Um, like Kiana mentioned, it is truly a passion of mine to get more women involved in this male-dominated industry. Yes. 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 Um, the platform I created was because there was, again, it's a very male-dominated industry and we need more women investors. And so um, my background in regards to real estate, I specialize in multifamily sales as well as commercial real estate. Dope, 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 we love that. So let's talk about Chicago. Let's talk about your market. Um, what's the current state of the Chicago real estate market? Because Caesar was on here yesterday. Shout out to Caesar, um, And he was telling us about Chicago. He's buying up everything. He bought 200 doors and before Christmas, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that was his goal. Yeah. And that was his goal. He's far exceeded that. He told me in the back a little while he's looking for another 100. I said, damn, bro, save some for me. But what's the market looking like to invest into Chicago right now? Especially, let's talk from the first-time homebuyer perspective and also the first-time investor. Yeah, so... Um I love that I actually get a chance to mix the first time home buyer and the first time investor, right? I still do residential, single family homes, condos, but the majority of my clients are buying multifamily. Um, it is a crazy market as it is everywhere else. We are in a seller's market. Um, however, there's still opportunity. There is more, op there is more inventory that's coming back on the market. Um, in regards to investing, it's a cash flow play, right? Um, a lot of people come to the Midwest because cash flow is best in the Midwest, right? Max. And so because of that, there's a lot of opportunity. There's opportunity for fixing and flipping. There's opportunity for cash flow. There's opportunity for wholesaling. And I understand not every market is a cash flow market, right? Like in New York. Like it's an equity market in New York. It's not exactly. a cash flow market. Exactly. Um, so I like that in regards to, um, you know, investing in Chicago. And then that's also what attracts a lot of uh, my out-of-state clients to investing as well. The other thing is we have an abundance of multifamily properties that are in under, you know, that um, four unit uh, size, right? So if you are qualifying as a first-time homebuyer, um, purchasing FHA or conventional, you know, you can qualify to purchase a multifamily property, you know, up to four units. And Chicago is a city that was built for density. So there are literally blocks and blocks and blocks of multifamily properties. So there's a ton of opportunity. Tons of opportunity in Chicago. So COVID's here. God bless, right? Tenants ain't paying. Let's talk about the eviction moratorium. Yeah. How is it in Chicago right now? Can we evict fools if they're not paying us? So uh, we want to know. So even before the eviction moratorium, evictions were ridiculous. So Chicago is very much so a tenant friendly city. Um, and so you have to know your, your, your uh, landlord tenant laws in whatever city, whatever state that you're going to invest in. If you're going to buy and hold, you have to look that up. It is, you literally Google it, the information is right there. Literally, you can file an eviction and in Chicago, you can't evict in the winter months. And we all what? know stories of professional, yes, you cannot evict in the winter months so wait, hold in on. Chicago. They, they do their own moratorium before the moratorium? <laughs> like, Let you me can't tell evict? You. So we've all heard of professional tenants, right? And you can literally file an eviction 
in September. Well, evictions stop in October. So from like October to March, there are no evictions. Yes. That sucks. Yes. So literally, you can have a tenant move in, pay their deposit in August or September, and not pay rent again. And then you have to wait until you get a court date. Whoa. Yeah. So there's a number of stories before the moratorium where tenants were staying in properties and not paying rent for 8, 10, 12, 14 months. Jeez, Lord Sometimes have mercy. At a time. And so with that, that's why it is so important to verify those rent rolls, okay? So huh. when, bad no. So verify. So when you are under contract on the property and you're going through um, all of your due diligence and you're getting all of the information regarding the property, you're going to get something that's called a rent roll, right? So it shows um, the last six months of the tenant's paying rent. Well, for my clients, I do not, like, like a rent roll, okay, that's cute, all right? Anybody could type up an Excel sheet. I wanna see actual deposits that we can verify to show that the tenants are actually paying rents and the deposit is actually going into the account. Um, I've had a few deals that have fallen apart because they have not been able to verify. <laughs> I didn't want to put you out there, bad, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were under contract twice, and you know, but that's why you um, have obviously a due diligence period, so you can figure all of those things out. All right, forget these cash tenants. Let's talk about Section Eight because Chicago is crazy. Five months you can't evict, so let's talk about Section Eight. How is the process to get approved for Section Eight in Chicago? So it's actually very easy. Um, a lot of people think it's difficult. It's not difficult at all. First and foremost, there is no such thing as um, Section 8 approved, essentially, right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to, once you have um, an application, once you, you, know, you put your property out there, you market it for rent, if you accept the Section 8 um, tenant, then you fill out the paperwork, you submit it to um, CHA, which is Chicago Housing Authority, you submit the paperwork, and then they have an inspector come out, right? They schedule an inspection, inspector to come out. And literally, from an inspector's mouth, they are trained to fail the first inspection, period. They are trained to find something that is wrong with the property, and so basically, the inspector is going to give you a list. When they give you that list, you schedule that second inspection right away because it's going to take them 10 to 14 business days to come back out, schedule it right away, get the handyman out there, fix exactly what is on that list. When the inspector comes back out, they're going to check just those things that are on that list, and then you're good to go. You know, you move from there to uh, rent determination where Section 8 will, they'll run their own comps. You can say, hey, I'm asking, you know, $1,500 for this unit. They'll run their own comps and they'll say, you know, this is what we're going to pay for this unit. And you as the owner, you can either approve or deny that. You don't have to accept whatever rent that they're willing to pay you. So can you go back and, so you say you don't have to accept it, but if you challenge it, can you counter offer it? Absolutely, yep. You can counter it um, and you can just provide your own comps. It might change their decision, it might not. But yeah, they'll give you in, in the rent determination email, they'll email you and they'll say, you know, hey, you know, this voucher, this individual has been approved and this is the approved um, amount that we, you know, have approved um, for this unit. And if you, and should you want to counter, they'll give you a timeline, you know, in which you should counter, the ways you should counter, and then, you know, how, how to submit. I love that. So look, I need three zip codes. Give me three towns. Don't play with us here at InvestFest Shana. We need to know where the hella deals are. Give us three areas where we can invest in Chicago right now. Let's go. Yo, get your pen and paper. Write this down. Somebody's saying, oh, nine. Okay, West Side, I see you in here. <laughs> I thought you said South, was, South Side was well, the I'm best a side. South Sider, but I mean the entire city, right? Okay, let's but, talk. But um, 60637, Woodline. Okay. 60649, South Shore. 60621, Inglewood. Now, in those zip codes for multifamily, what's the price points? Are we looking at more turnkey properties in these areas, or are we looking at more rehab in these areas? I mean, you have both in those areas. So it's just a matter of what you want to do in terms of getting in. And that's the thing. You have to figure out what type of investor you want to be. I have so many people that ask me, hey, I want to get into real estate. Where should I start? That's like you saying, hey, Rashawn, I want to start a business. What should I do? 
what do you want to do, right? Like, do you want to be um, a landlord? Do you like people? Are you good with people? You probably should not be a landlord if you are not a people person or strongly consider uh, hiring property management as well as factoring that into your numbers, right? And so the great thing about it, like I said, Chicago is a market where um, a number of things are possible. So if you want to go in and do a value add play, right, you're going to buy low, renovate, Refi, everybody I'm sure is familiar with the birth strategy. So there's opportunity to do that in those zip codes as well as or if you want to go in and fix and flip, right? Um, one of the things that I've noticed personally in regards to my own flipping portfolio is in these markets and in these particular zip codes, don't be so thirsty to get into a deal that you do not stay true to your numbers. You have to stay true to your numbers. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned was passing on the good deals so I can make space for the great deals. That's a fact, y'all. That was a gem right there. My man, Wall Street Trapper, always tells me, flow, not force. Flow, not force. Kiana, I'm coming back to you with this one. You know, we're talking zip code, so I can't leave the queen of the South out of the zip code because you are the zip code queen. And we are in Wakanda right now. Oh, so yeah. we need to know some zip codes out here. And I know this is not multifamily heavy, right? But this is Airbnb heaven. So talk to us about three zip codes that we can make some money with Airbnb out here in Atlanta. Okay. I'm going to give you some zip codes and some cities. I will tell you for sure, 30318. That is West Atlanta. It is growing phenomenally. And it's so, and, and part of it, they consider it to be West Midtown. That is a really good area to invest in right now. Then you have the other side that's closer to downtown, 30317. That is East Atlanta. We have East Atlanta Village. And what I love about that area, a lot of those properties do not have HOAs. So you can buy those properties and literally Airbnb without any issues. So you want to go over there. East Point is up and coming. I know East Point, and I, Alexis, Alexis actually, shout out to Alexis, she was on our pod, and we were talking about East Point. East Point is so close to the airport, and if you invest in East Point, you'll be able to get a lot of people that just come and go just for travel. So you want to go at least to those three areas if you're looking for Airbnb, because inside the city of Atlanta is going to be too expensive if you're if you're trying to you know if you want to be in the city of atlanta i can give you some zip codes 30319 brookhaven is an amazing zip code to invest in it's literally right outside of buckhead but we're talking that is a really hefty investment for an airbnb so if you're looking at places where you can do 300,000 400,000 comfortably go back to 30318 30317 look into east point those areas are close to the city, and they will really work out great for you. Love it, love it. So we're here at InvestFest, Kiana. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs are here, a lot of business owners. You're you, your business owner? Make some noise right now if you own a business. Oh, shout Woo! out to my business owner. There's a lot of y'all in the building. Okay. I love to see it. I love, I love to see it. this. This is black excellence. I love that. But a lot of them don't file their taxes right. They writing off the world. They taking full advantage of Uncle Sam's tax code. I didn't like the way you said that. A lot of people are delayed in filing their taxes. Okay. <laughs> they, it's not that they're filing them incorrectly. They're just taking their time to file them. Okay. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. They're taking their time. All right. But they want to buy real estate today. Okay. You can't go traditional if you ain't got your tax returns if you're self-employed. So let's talk about the entrepreneur loan real quick and how can our business owners take advantage of this beautiful program? Okay, now y'all get ready for this one. And I wanna be honest, I've, I recently closed on a property in Brookhaven using the entrepreneur loan, which I'm gonna turn into an income producing property. So I also invest as well. And I'm telling you, I just used that loan type and it was so easy. Number one, you need to have a credit score of at least 660. For the entrepreneur loan, your credit score has to be at least a 660. Keep in mind, they're going to look at one bank account, one bank account that has all your deposits, all of your consistent deposits. 
you need 12 months to 24 months of bank statements. Typically, it's going to be 12 months. Special cases, they may need 24 months. They're going to look at every single deposit that has gone into your bank account, take the average, and say that is your income, right? And that's all they need from you, that you own the business, that you actually have the business registered with your, registered with your state, okay? You apply for the loan and you get approved based on that amount. Now let me tell you about it. It's so easy to get, but you will have a higher interest rate. Please don't get this loan thinking you're gonna get a 4% or 3% interest rate. Um, you're gonna get anywhere between 8%, you can get a 7% interest rate if your credit is phenomenal, but it will be a higher interest rate. So write this down, your exit strategy. Exit okay. strategy, very important. Because I entered into this property because I know I, I have an exit strategy. And the reason the entrepreneur loan works so great, because getting a loan as an entrepreneur is so hard, but refinancing from already having a loan just to get out of it is easier. So you get into the loan and then you file your taxes, consult with your tax preparer and your loan officer about how, many, how, much, how much losses you should take, file your taxes. Six months later, you refinance out of this loan type into a regular conventional loan type, take advantage of a 2.75, a 2.8, a 3% interest rate, and you are done. And you can go back and use the entrepreneur loan again. Gems from a certified gem dropper. All right, Julian Gordon, let's talk about the tax benefits because you talked about, just brought up CPA. Shout out to Miss Business. She's our CPA. She's phenomenal. Give her a round of applause real quick. So if you need your taxes done, go see Miss Business 101. All right, quick commercial break. So now, Julian, taxes. What are the tax benefits with owning multifamily real estate? So first and foremost, so if you have a $275,000 property, you get to depreciate that property over 27.5 years. So every year, I'm able to take a $10,000 tax deduction as a result of controlling that property. So if I'm in the 30% tax bracket, then that's the $3,000 in tax savings every single year. But I also get to write off all of my expenses related to that property with the exception of property taxes. And so when you bring all those deductions and things into the equation, now this is how you save $278,000 over the course of 30 years on a property that you literally only bought for $300,000. So that's one of the most powerful things. There's also another tax strategy called accelerated depreciation. So let's say you do have high income in your business in uh, a particular year and you want to increase your tax, uh, tax deductions, you can actually accelerate depreciation and force it up as opposed to taking it uh, on as the average of $10,000 per year. You can actually squeeze some of that up into years five, uh, uh, years five and year seven, which then increase, decrease your tax uh, liability and thus decrease how much you owe from a tax standpoint. So that's one of the biggest benefits is that you get to write off almost everything related to this particular property because it's seen as a business, whereas with a single family home, you can't do that. Now, even if it's the owner-occupied multifamily, the same benefits, correct? Yeah, but you want to be mindful that you're not going to write off the unit that you live in and the things that are in there. So if you have a four unit, you're going to do that. You're going to take uh, 75% because you were considered living in one unit. Now, once you move out of that unit after one year, which is the FHA requirement, then we can go full throttle. But uh, you want to be mindful and stay within the code by not writing off the things that are in your apartment unless you're actually using part of your unit for uh, your business. Love it, love it, love it. So, Vishana, let me come to you real quick. You spoke about property management briefly. A lot of these folks are out of state. They don't live in Chicago. But Caesar brought 200 units, so they want to buy and build their portfolio too. Not everybody has an in-house property management team like Caesar has with his brother Lucci. Shout out to Lucci. So how do we hire the right property manager in your city? What are three steps to hiring the right person, the right property manager in your, in your world? Um, well, first of all, just ask me. <laughs> Pretty easy. <laughs> referrals but, are always easy. Right, but let's just say they don't ask you. But um, in regards to property management, you want to look at what, I've, what I have been able to find in regards to property managers that are very successful. First of all, they have a proven track record. And first and foremost, they are investors themselves. That's huge. They are investors themselves. 
Um, the property management companies that I do refer out to my out-of-state clients are investors themselves. They do understand the investment process. They are going to care about your property as if it's their own. They speak the investor language, right? So you want to make sure that you're looking um, at that. You also want to make sure that they have a good book of referrals of individuals um, that they've worked with in the past, for sure. And then also, too, you want to make sure that they aren't charging these crazy property management fees or rates. I've actually heard some property managers charging upwards of 20 to 25 percent. Jeez. 20 to 25 percent to manage your property. And it doesn't take all of that. The industry standard is anywhere from 8 to 10 percent. So make sure that you're interviewing property management companies that are not trying to basically, you know, eat you out of a house and home, for sure. I love that. I love that. All right, so we're we coming up on our time now, but I want to give you each, you know, the final word for what you got to say. Since we're already talking to you, Rashana, what's your final word you want to say to the people here in InvestFest? How can they find you? All that good stuff. Yeah, so I actually wanted to piggyback a little bit off of what Kiana was saying in regards to the entrepreneur loan because I'm actually using that right now. I just contracted a um, four-family in Woolon, the 60637 zip code that I gave you guys. And just to give you guys a little bit of insight into the numbers there, we're under contract at 385. Um, that property right now, without me doing any work to it, as is, is already worth $500,000. So it's a good equity play. I'm going to go in and I'm going to do um, value add. So I'm going to do a little bit of work to it. I'm going to finish the basement, um, Airbnb out that unit. The, Airbnb, the, rental, the income from that Airbnb is going to pay for the entire building. And then, you know, the rents on top of that is going to be great for cash flow. It's right near the university. After I go in and put about 50000 into it, the value add, let's say I'm all in at 440 to 450 is where I want to be. Literally... Two blocks away, same exact property without a finished basement, just appraised at 630. So there wow. is cash flow and equity, and I'm using the entrepreneur loan, so I'm going to turn around and refinance out of that loan and get my original down payment back. Woo. Now I just got into a property Woo. with 0% down. Boss. So... <laughs> Big, so now I just got balls. into a property with 0% down, right? So, and that's the birth strategy. That's the birth strategy. And I want to talk to my realtors that are in here. How many realtors are in the room? Okay. Okay. So do not be out here helping everybody else create generational wealth and you're not doing it for yourself. Please say that again. Please. Do not be out here helping everybody create generational wealth and you are not doing it for yourself. I had a client come to me, a seller, say, hey, I want to put this property on the market. Can you sell it for me? I ran the numbers. I said, actually, I'm going to submit an offer and I'm going to buy it. We weren't under contract at 100000 I put 90000 into it. I already got a buyer under contract at 330. So Oof. make sure that... You guys are taking advantage of the opportunities because they're going to come to you first, right? Do what you got to do to be in position to take advantage of these opportunities. I don't care if you got to partner with somebody, build up your business credit, use the entrepreneur loan, whatever it is you have to do, like you literally have to be a part of the change for sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, and you said, no, no, how can ahead. they find me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then um, I'm Rashana Scott everywhere. Um, and then you guys can also connect with me. Um, like I said, my women's investment group, um, Flipping the Heels on Infinity. Everything is online. Love it, love it, love it. Julian, yeah. so, you got the mic, bro. Yeah, so in the United States, there's three classes of people. There's the lower class, actually four classes. Lower class, middle class, upper class. And what many of us have been taught to do is aspire to be part of the middle class and the upper class. But there's only one group of people who's free in the United States that are people who are in part of the, what I call the asset class. The asset class are the only people who are free because their assets actually cover their cost of living. Many of you are on paths climbing corporate ladders trying to make more money per hour, but that's not the pathway to freedom. The pathway to freedom is when your passive income is greater than your cost of living. And so you have to have assets if you truly want to be free. And I believe that multifamily real estate is the first asset that you should have in your family's name. And here's why. What other business can you buy for $300,000 only put $10,500 down, get the other $289,000 financed within 30 to 45 days simply by emailing some documents to a lender. 
and have that business immediately cash flow in, on day one, right? What other business can you do that? There are none. This is why multifamily real estate has to be the first asset in your family. And again, if you do this, it is a long-term game. Real estate, there are some quick plays in real estate, but real estate is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It is a get-rich-guaranteed system over time. And so for those of you who got caught up in MLM, right, or giving pods and Isusus and, oh, just put in $400 this week and you'll be a millionaire next week. We off that. We playing the long-term game because if you would have played the long-term game 10 years ago when you wanted this, then you'd be a lot further along in terms of your net worth today. So you have yes. to get educated first. You have to get educated. The goal is not for you to walk out of here and go to Trulia and Zillow and Redfin and try to buy some property right now. In fact, that's not where we find our deals. You have to understand the difference between a real estate listing and a real estate deal. And most of what you're seeing online are real estate listings. Real estate deals oftentimes never hit websites. People, Julian, Julian, what websites do you go to find real estate deals? I don't go to websites. I go to human beings. I go to amazing people like these two ladies that I'm sitting in between who know how to find off-market deals that have not hit any website whatsoever. So you have to build your real estate Rolodex to really get, get in in this game because buying right means that you're stepping into immediate equity, that you have at least a 12% cash on cash return. And if you don't know how to calculate cash on cash return, then you do not need to be investing in real estate yet. And then finally, that there's definite appreciation potential based on the 33 signs of gentrification. You have to understand the math. There are 23 numbers that you need to know to evaluate a multifamily real estate deal. If you miss one single number, you can literally step into a bad deal that will set you back for five to 10 years while you wait for it to appreciate to get you out of water. So, Please get educated first before you go make any uh, irrational moves. We want this to be the right decision and you cannot hand it over to a real estate agent who does not have the wealth that you desire. Many of you are seeking real estate agents and you just want them to find this gold mine for you. Most real estate agents don't even know how to calculate cash on cash return. You wanna know why? Because it's not on the real estate exam. So I'm not going mm. to put my financial future in the hands of somebody who does not know how to evaluate a real estate deal properly. Most real estate agents are in the business of selling single family homes to American dreamers. And so you have to be very careful. You have to be the one who is educated. You have to be the one that evaluates the deal. Preach. And then they execute the deal. You have to know your responsibility in this transaction. If you do this right, it will set you and your family on a completely new financial trajectory that will change your last name forever. Woo. Lord have mercy. It is Sunday. We're about to pass the plate around in this month. Julian Gordon. How can they find you, bro? Um, you can find me. I, I think it's up there. Julian Gordon, two L's, I-E-N, or getfreenow.com. That's all I'm about is getting people free. Getfreenow.com. That's where all my information is. If you want to get in contact with me, feel free to DM me. I'm here to serve, and that's, why, uh, that's what I do. So. Woo. Queen of the South, Kiana Watson. Talk to the people. I just want to let you guys know that you want to get out of your own way and understand that your first property is not your forever property. And I'm really speaking for the metro Atlanta area. I love his movement, but we have pretty much no multifamily. And that's a fact. It's really limited. So what, what will you do if you want to get cash flow here, right? You want to get a home on a basement so that way you can cash flow the basement. You got to find creative ways to steal cash flow a property if you're going to if you're going to invest here, I've had clients, we are an equity state. So keep in mind for agents that understand the appreciation values and the equity that happens. The Metro Atlanta area from January up until actual July, we had $75,000 increase in our average purchase price. That is a 19% increase in six months. Keep in mind the Metro Atlanta area, we are on the rise. So if you're looking to invest, find a property, I've had two clients, for example. One, he should be in the audience. He literally bought a property, lived in the house, sold it, made about a $40,000 profit, went back to New Orleans, opened up his um, CMOS bar, was it Botanicals, shout out to Zuri. And, he, 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 and all he did was just buy the property, live in it, sell it, make his profit, and now he has a million dollar business. What Whoa. I'm trying to explain to you guys, and he right there. Shout out to you. <laughs> There you go, brother. Shout out to you, brother. Black excellence, baby. Black we love it. in the building. And I use that as an example. I have another client that did the same thing. I use that as an example. Yes, you want to know the area you invest in. Is it, going to, is it going to appreciate? Sometimes you just move it. Sometimes you just buy because buying is better than renting any day. Buy and live in that property. Make sure it's an area that's appreciating in value. 
If you can get some cash flow, great. But if you can't, especially in the metro Atlanta area, buy anyway. Buy within your budget, buy in an area that's growing. Maybe it's not gonna have the white picket fence, but it has the appreciation values. So when it's time for you, if you wanna sell or refinance, you can pull money out and buy another property or open a business. See, real estate is a business. You guys forget that part. And I have many success stories for my clients, so keep that in mind. And save your money. Save your money, people, please. Save your money so you can prepare to be competitive in this market. And while we all are praying and hoping that the market is going to crash, no numbers, there is not one single number that support that. And I'm gonna tell you guys why. And I really gotta break this down. Oh, oh, she stood up. Explain. Oh, because shit, here we go. There's too many people that think this, and you think it's because we want this to happen as real estate professionals, and we do not. In the world today, as it stands, as of today, there is a shortage of new homes being built. This started way back in 2010. They slowed down on building homes. So as our population has increased, there's not enough new homes. The last article I read, we need 5.5 million homes to keep up with the demands in every category from the first time home buyer, the mid-level buyer, the luxury buyer. So because we have such short inventory, one month of inventory, typically that's on average throughout the United States, one month of inventory, where when it's a neutral market, it is six months of inventory, even if the moratorium works and landlords put their homes back on the market. You know who's going to get those properties first? Not an FHA buyer with 3.5% down. Somebody like him that got some money saved, he's gonna go scoop them up first from the courtroom steps with his cash. By the time it trickles down to you, it will probably be the price of a retail price because banks are businesses too. They're not gonna take those type of losses. So what I want you to do is look at the numbers, look at the facts, make a purchase so you can start owning some stuff, so you can start building generational wealth and buy within your means. I post pretty houses, but everybody's not buying the best prettiest houses. I sell $300,000 houses, I sell million dollar plus houses. Keep that in mind. Don't get caught up in that and look at it for the business that it is and just realize that building wealth is a, it's a long game. It's a long game. And so I wanna kind of put that out there. I love it, I love it. How can they, how can they follow you? Um, you can find me. My name is Kiana Watson, Q-U-I-A-N-A-W-A-T-S-O-N, KianaWatson.com, Kiana Watson on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm very easy to find, and um, please look out for us. Go to my page. If you want to work with any of my agents, I have a full staff of amazing real estate professionals that can assist you guys with your buy home buying and selling endeavors with Watson Realty Co. And if you are a real estate professional looking for some training or some mentorship, Look at Agents Who's for Success. We have so many success stories from my agents. Shout out to the ATFS squad. <laughs> I know y'all in the building. And um, that's all I got. Thank you, guys. Look, y'all, I need y'all to give these guys a standing ovation right now because that is our time. So give them a standing ovation. Give them their flowers. Kiana Watson, Julian Gordon, Rashana Scott, certified gym droppers are in the building. So look. Real quick, I'm going over time, but this is EYL, so we do what we gotta do. I just wanna tell y'all, I don't know if y'all realize this. August 28th, 1963. Y'all know that date? MLK, I have a dream speech. 58 years ago. August 28th, 2021. Y'all know that date? Day one of InvestFest. We are living MLK's dream, y'all. This is what they fought for. This is what our ancestors fought for. Y'all gotta really understand what we put together here today. Shout out to the whole EYL family. This was the dream, y'all. We are living it. This is back excellence. They couldn't do this 58 years ago. Please do not waste this opportunity. Do not waste this opportunity to connect with everyone in here. If you're a realtor, loan officer, business owner, whoever you are, our ancestors fought for this right for us to be able to do this, all right? And they fought for our right to own some shit. So own some real estate, own some stocks, own some crypto, start your business. And we love you guys, InvestFest, you guys killed it today. We love y'all, that's my time, and that's all I got to say. Let's just make some noise! Everybody 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.